Hi, welcome to Gay Homework. This is your host, Brick Olson, and this is my friend, James Lamar. Hi, Brick. So, James, who are you going to be profiling for today's Gay Homework? Today, I'm going to be profiling um, one of my favorite poets, uh, James Schuyler. So, let's uh, actually start with you a little bit. Let's uh, hear something about your background and tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. So, I was born in New York in the late 80s. Um, <laughs> You're going to have to say that. I'm going to give my... <laughs> uh, year away, but no, I uh, was born in New York, and then I grew up actually in out west in Salt Lake City um, from for most of my life, and then when I turned eighteen, I moved back to the East Coast. Um, but at the time, but I came out in Salt Lake, um, and which was an interesting yeah, gay in Salt yeah. Lake. Yeah, <laughs> it was a interesting time, and. Before I went to school, I had decided that I wanted to become a poet. Uh, I wanted to do uh, an English major in undergrad, and... Where'd you go? I went to Penn, um, in Philadelphia, which has a great English department. Had, has, and hopefully will always have a great English department. Yeah. And, um, and that was, uh, and then right after that, I uh, moved to New York. Great. So why don't we dive right in with some information on James Schuyler. So James Schuyler was um, loosely associated with uh, the New York School of Poets, like Frank O'Hara and John Ashbery. I say loosely just because he was writing later, um, like after uh, Frank O'Hara's death in um, writing poetry at least. And um, he was a really prolific art critic before then, writing for um, most notably Art News. And then I think it was in the 60s or 70s, I might have my date wrong, he um, started publishing Publishing a lot of poetry. I think it was in, it was in the 70s that he started Let's to really like. Back up spread. a second. What is the New York School of Poets? The New York School of Poets is a group of poets that was known for their sort of conversational tone. They kind of like did away with lyricism, the sort of like really um, strict verse that you might find in someone like Ezra Pound, who was also working out of New York but earlier, um, and instead having a really conversational tone, kind of talking about, you know the day-to-day, talking about the, you know, streets of New York. Um, what, what sort of came before that and why was that so groundbreaking? I don't know if it was, it was definitely avant-garde to an extent. I don't know if it was necessarily groundbreaking in anything other than there was a group of poets that were kind of all doing the same thing. So they just became the cool kids. They became the cool kids. Partly <laughs> also because of their relationship with um, painters at the time, performance artists. They were kind of in with what the, you know, what was going on in the 60s and 70s cool. with, um, you know, the avant-garde art movements and came to be known as their sort of own movement in poetry, even though at the time it was definitely, uh, well, actually, I don't want to say that. We'll yeah, cut that we'll out. We'll cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, and so James Schuyler came along sort of on the tail end of of their of the school of your poets right and he he had lived with frank o'hare and john ashbury um actually in an apartment um sort of before he was publishing i think it was one of his first apartments after he'd moved um he went to school in west virginia and then moved to new york he was born in new york went to school in west virginia i think he went back to new york then spent some time in Italy, um, which critics have attributed uh, a lot of his um, kind of aesthetic to. And then he moves back to New York and starts living with Frank O'Hara, John Ashbury. He has this long history of living. He had, he was, I don't know what his particular diagnosis was, but he had a long history of mental illness. 
Um, you know, it was high functioning, obviously, um, but all puppets, right? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, was has a history of living with um, a lot of famed people because um, he never he never I mean he was gay, so he never had a wife, mm-hmm. never had a f- kids and family, um, so always was kind of living with. Um, other people and you know his chosen family as mm. so many right of us do yeah let's start talking about his work a bit what are some of his most famous or most influential works so his um most famous work uh is the work he had a pulitzer for it's called the morning of the poem um and it was written uh sort of in the middle of mid-career he's in the 70s he was coming out with a lot of works just like a lot of chapbooks a lot of a lot of just books of poems and it kind of came in sort of the middle of that. Um, it's a really, it's pretty much, it's kind of like an epic poem. Um, long lines, long uh, stanzas. It's interesting because he takes up, Franco O'Hare is really famous for his conversational tone in his poems. And James Scarlett does this very similar thing, but he's notable because of the way, and this might be from a sort of formalism in, in his art criticism, but talking about colors, talking about nature, kind of picking up these tenets from, you know, back to like Emerson and Thoreau. You get this kind of weird amalgamation of though, even though he's very located in the center of the city, he has a lot of poems about that wrap around nature and, you know, things like color and... So, how do you think his queerness sort of informs those aspects of his work? Right, so I was just reading before this because I was trying to like locate um, any sort of criticism that I could quote on that. Okay. But um, thanks for doing the work. But there was, uh, <laughs> well, so Wayne Kostenbaum, who is a literary critic, a poet himself, um, contemporary poet, he's, um, he writes in his collection of essays, My 1980s and Other Essays, uh, he has a couple essays about James Schuyler in there. One is from 1996, which is three years three years after James Schuyler's collected works were published by Farrar, Strauss, and Grove. They, and, that, and that was published two years after his death. So five years after James Schuyler's death, Wayne Kostenbaum is writing about him, and he's writing about him how he's not, though it's taken seriously, critically, there's not like a lot of writing about what influence his queerness might have had, even though, but Wayne Kostenbaum kind of picks up that mantle and writes this really beautiful essay um, about the collected works and kind of gives a sort of queer narrative to um, James Schuyler. But it's odd because even in my interest in James Schuyler, what I, he has this way of writing that some... There's a feel to it and a tone to it that I really identify with, but it's not overtly queer. I would, or difficult to locate a center of queerness in that, which is perhaps queer in and of itself. Right. Um, so actually, that answers your question. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's what I like. That's kind of what I find sort of vague. Yeah, and it being kind of like circling around something, kind of not really falling and locating itself in any one point. What I like about his writing, and I think is what yeah, is queer about it. That's queer as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think he has any really overtly political poems about being gay or right. No, I mean, and that's what we're finding in so many so many of these interviews about with art about artists um, is that a lot a lot of artists, especially from those times, where like speaking about queerness like openly or you know tangentially kind of uh, mm-hmm. was so dangerous kind of in a way even right. I mean, of course, like he was you know he had the safety in in you know the scene in New York right. Uh, and I don't necessarily think that he 
may have been dodging because of that. But I'm just saying, a lot of times the work is influenced rather than just being straight on the head, because like hitting the nail on the head because it's a little too obvious. And that's he does have one political poem about the Vietnam War that was like totally trashed critically. I think because <laughs> oh, really? it was just very literal and. Um, but yeah, I think, I mean, it's interesting because I found him when I was a really, when I was kind of dealing with my own sexuality and coming out and that's kind of, he kind of showed up in my life at a really particular time and I, was, and I found something I really identified with. So it was really, What was that time? And so that was when I was in middle school mm -hmm. and I was writing a lot. I knew I wanted to be a writer. I had really good English teachers um, all throughout my grade school and through college. Um, Anybody you want to shout out? Uh, <laughs> Holly Simonson, uh, Anna Smith, um, all women. And uh, it, was Anna, it was in Anna Smith's eighth grade English class that I found yeah. a poem by James Schuyler. So you discovered it then, and it was a moment where you actually realized that you wanted to be a poet. So James influenced James. Right, exactly. And I had no idea who he was, and the poem, I mean, I can I can read this poem now, it's pretty short. Well, yeah, I'll read this one now. And then, this is not his best poem, I'll say that. Because <laughs> um, it's not indicative of like anything um, about him, oddly. It, they, it just really struck me. This is one of my favorite poems by him, it's very short. It's called Sunday, and I found it reading in this like, you know those like collected books of poems that are like really like silly, and they're like, kind of poems cheesy. about nature. This is it the little, one with the black cover and the, the red and the blue line? This was one that had like a, it had like a painting of a flower on it. Oh, and it was God. literally like, <laughs> this was like literally a collection of poems of poems about nature, but this one really struck me. Okay, so it's called Sunday. Sunday. The mint bed is in bloom. Lavender haze day. The grass is more than green and throws up sharp and cutting lights to slice through the plain tree leaves. And on the cloudless blue, I scribble your name. So, you could tell it's a very um, angsty poem in a way, or you, you could read that into it. It's like, uh, you know, about sort of being in love and being in nature and whatever. Um, but the interesting part that I think, looking at this now, instead of when I was um, probably 14 or 13 or 14 at the time, um, is, I mean, his use of color, which really comes through in a lot of his other works. Um, so even though this one might not be emblematic of his best work, I think it has elements of it that maybe I subconsciously latched on to. Mm -hmm. um, Are there any other moments from his career that sort of stand out? Like any other scandalous things or any other like m like moments that you feel should be addressed or like something that about his life that really stands out or separates him from the pack in a way well i will say that i'm not a schuyler scholar um so i don't know a super lot about his personal life other than um the fact that he was you know depressed and i think there was like a story about how he like almost died in a fire because of a cigarette that he was smoking in bed and almost at the bed on fire and like mm -hmm. almost took the house down. Amazing. How did um, how did James Schuyler die? Do you know? He died of a stroke. Um, he was visiting his mom in California, and then died. Um, had his it was his mom's hundredth birthday, and then he had a stroke after the party. I don't think at the party, but like while he was on this trip, and then died like two or three months later. Oh my god. 
But his relationship with John Ashbury was really interesting. Um, John Ashbury being like probably the pre, like the most famous preeminent poet that's still alive mm-hmm. now from that age, and probably is, they were uh, together. Um, I don't know. So I was actually looking at this before because I didn't know who James Collins was actually with. I mean, I assume they probably were. At, I mean. You know the gays. And the poets. And the poets. But, um, I mean, they wrote, they co-authored, I think, two books together. Uh, I mean, so they were really, really close. They lived together. Um, but I don't think, yeah, I, but I don't know about yeah. anything else. Well, if anybody out there listening knows, um, feel free to send yeah, us an email to do your gay homework at gmail.com <laughs> and fill us in so we can. Yeah, because that, because, is there anything you want to plug? Anything you got going on right now that you want to tell everybody about? Yeah, um, I have a book that came out this past summer um, called Daydreams. It's very affected, I would say, by the poetry of James Schuyler. Um, And you can get that at, uh, if you Google Snacks Press, or if you go to snackspress.org slash product, or products, I don't remember, you can find it there. And your website, right? And my website, yeah, jameslamar.com. Great. And I can read one poem of his to end. Um, Yeah. So this is another shorter one. It's longer than Sunday, but this is probably more well-known. We could let him read it. There's a recording of it. Ooh, yeah. Play it. Let's do that. So it's called The Bluet. The Bluet. And is it stamina that unseasonably freaks forth a bluet, a Quaker lady by the lake, so small a drop of sky that splashed and held, four-petaled, creamy in its throat. The woods around were brown, the air crisp as a car's table water biscuit, and smelt of cider. There were frost apples on the trees in the field below the house. The pond was still, then broke into a ripple. The hills, the leaves that had have not yet fallen are deep and oriental rug colors. Brown leaves in the woods set off gray trunks of trees. But that blue it was the focus of it all. Last spring, next spring, what does it matter? Unexpected as a tear, when someone reads a poem you wrote for him, it's this line here. That blue it breaks me up, tiny spring flower, late, late endure October. Wow. I love that. Thank you, James. And thank you, James. (laughs) Um, Well, thanks so much for your interview. Of course. And everybody make sure to check out James Schuyler and check out James Lamar's work, too. Um, James, I'm sure we'll have you back for so many other gay homeworks. I can't wait. Thanks, Brick. Bye, guys.